Hello, and welcome to Law, the Universe, and Everything. I'm your host, Pacifico Soldati. The show explores topics from law and business to consciousness, spirituality, and everything in between. We feature accomplished leaders across many fields to help you get more out of your life. You can learn more and stay up to date at theluepodcast.com. If you're not familiar with my background, I'm a helper, parent, marketer, attorney outlaw, certified mediator, story brand guide, omnist, yoga teacher, and a former paratrooper and award-winning army chef at the 82nd Airborne Division and U.S. Army Special Operations Command. I'm the founder and CEO of the Soldati Group, a marketing agency helping startups, small businesses, and law firms leverage the power of story to grow their businesses. Law, Universe, and Everything is a production of the Soldati Group. All opinions expressed by the hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of the Soldati Group or guest employers. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and these discussions do not constitute legal or investment advice. Today's episode is brought to you by Prosperitas, an animated video agency that can help you bring your company's ideas, values, products, and messages to life with the power of visual storytelling. Whether you strive to win more customers, engage, or educate your audience, Prosperitas will craft each video specifically targeted to fit your brand and vision. Visit ProsperitasAgency.com today to learn more. That's P-R-O-S-P-E-R-I-T-A-S Agency.com to find out how Prosperitas can create the best videos your company has ever had. My guest today is Enja Oni. Enja is a professional, internationally known artist, muralist, sculptor, designer, performer, playwright, writer, art educator, and therapist. Born in the Bronx, New York, Enja now makes her home in Globe, Arizona. Proclaimed the first woman muralist for the city of Las Vegas and recognized by the National Endowment for the Arts, fashion designer for various Vegas performers and entertainers, an instructor for the Arizona State Community College, Enja has been an art therapist for the San Carlos Wellness Center and is owner of the Art of Enja Oni and Alterations by Enja. Thank you so much for joining me today, Enja, and welcome to the show. Hi, Pacifico. How are you? Oh, doing fantastic. I'm excited for our conversation today. Yeah, and thank you so much for the invitation. I, I really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun to do this and spread the word. Oh, absolutely. So, Enja, take me back. Where did your love and talent for art first develop? Wow, that's a good one. And I do get asked that a lot. And I'm not sure the answer is what people expect. Ah, oh, let's see. It started when I was a little kid. I was a baby. And the last thing, the first thing I remember, because my childhood wasn't very good. It wasn't, it was a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse. And which brings in the creative healing arts as well. But yeah, I used to draw myself out of the situation. So I would just I remember as a little girl just drawing myself away and creating this safe zone, this safe place, which I can still see today, where everything was peaceful and calm and I was safe. So it started from that point on. <laughs> but I didn't know that you can make a living out of it back then, even when I was a teenager. I said, wow, people pay you to do that? That's cool. Yeah. So it started back then. And so how then did you transition into pursuing it as a career? Well, like I said, you know, let me go back a little bit. When I was a teenager and I was going to art and design high school and I was like, wow, I want to be an illustration artist because I thought it was glamorous. And that's when I finally first realized that you can actually make a living doing what you love. 
And uh, life, got, yeah, life got in the way. I became, I was a teenage mom and it, those things got pushed aside. And so when I decided to really go full blast and take that gigantic leap of faith and do what I knew I wanted to do, what I love to do, that I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be considered a job or work. It would just be just being myself and sharing that with other people. I became an entrepreneur at the age of 50. So yeah, it took me that long to wow. just say, okay, this is enough. And the catalyst towards that was the passing of my mother. I, because she was in an abusive relationship as well, I took on the role as some children do as the protector. So all I wanted to do was be there for her, protect her, do everything I can to help her. Once she passed away, that role was no longer uh, valid. And all the memories of the abuse, because I blocked those out as well, all the memories of abuse and all of that came flooding in to the point where, and this was before I was 50, obviously, it was a few years before then, for five years, I couldn't speak, I couldn't leave my house, I couldn't read, I couldn't write, I couldn't do anything. All I saw was these images of abuse of this poor little girl, and that little girl was me. And it took me five years to go through that process of accepting who I am, and that's okay. That all of that brought me to who I am today, and now after that, embracing my creativity because the only thing I could do during those five years was paint, draw, I could do that. And that was my form of communication. So when I tell people that my art healed me, it's a very true story. Wow, that sounds yeah. pretty, sounds like an intense uh, hell of a journey there. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> It was deep, but oh my gosh. So when other people, and now that I wanted to embrace, I wanted to embrace my, not just the journey that I took, but how can I help other people that are dealing with all different kinds of levels of trauma and abuse, anxiety, stress, paranoia, all of those things. It happened to us. It happens to everybody. And how can I use that experience to help other people. The base, my, I, and I'm, I'm obviously I'm very visual. So I always, I paint slash a visual picture of a really dark alley and it rained. And so the floor is always wet. Those old movies, the floor is always wet and it's potholes and it's broken glass and the street light is dim. And I'll tell my clients and students too, because I sneak therapy into everything I do now. So I was like, there's this really dark, ugly alley. And I walked down that aisle. I walked it. And I know where all the holes are. I know where all the dangers are. I went through and I went on the other side. I went to the end of that alley where the light is. And I'm telling you that although it's so scary walking down that alley, I'm here. I came back. I walked back. And now I'm on the other side. And I'm here to hold your hand through that alley. You don't have to walk down that alley anymore. Not alone. You're not alone anymore because I understand it. And that's how I start the therapeutic journey so that everyone understands because it is scary. Uh, and the scariest journey is learning who you are. 
and accepting that person. It's hard to do. And most people jump in a bottle or they'll take some kind of a substance. It's not that they're weak, it's that they're afraid. They're scared of either memories of things that happened to them or maybe things that they've done. And to accept that person and understand that person. But you can't heal that person until you do accept it, until you see it. Another thing I love to say is you got to see it to heal it. And that's important too. So all of those different components, all of those things that happen, and that's all something that we're born with and we're all born creative. Just comes out in different forms. It just comes out in different ways. For some people, there's numbers all the time. Other people, it's music. Other people, it's dance. It's cooking. It's Reiki. It's so many different things. And it all comes back to being creative. And the creativity taps in to your spirituality. It taps into all the different parts of your body. Your mind, your body, your heart, and your spirit. All of those are connected through our creativity. And by embracing that, we can heal all those different parts of our body. But you'll get stressed out. When you're stressed out, some people get headaches. Some people get a stomach ache. Some people have body aches. All these. So those different parts of our body actually hold our stress. What if we can, okay, again, a, a visual picture, pitch up a picture of water. And now we have these different glasses. And right now, one glass is really full or the, let's, let's put it this way, the pitcher is really full and it's holding all our stress. And now it's time for us to pour some of it in another glass, pour in another glass, maybe even pour some out on the floor and divide that stress out into the different parts of your mind, body, heart, spirit. And then it's not so hard to handle anymore. It's not in just one big ball in one area of your body. Now you can stretch, spread it out a little bit and then you can look at it and it's you can handle it again. And that's another way of just dealing with so many things that happen, especially now. There's so many things happening right now that are affecting people in so many different ways. And it's so important. If any time, creativity is so important right now for all of us. Oh, I totally agree. And so I'm wondering how for people who especially maybe think that they're not creative, right? Because it's just been beaten out of them by society and cultural conditioning and such. How do you help people rediscover and tap into and exercise their creativity? There's so many, there is a lot of different ways and there's a, oh, let's see, let's, and thank you, because right now I'm writing a book. I wanted to debut it maybe a couple months ago, and then I found some more information, so I pulled it back, because there is going to be a book for, to help people, give them a little bit of a map towards embracing their creativity and the steps that you can take. But one, one that they use a lot, I'm going to say they, because I've seen this a lot, and I have a different form of it, so that's why I use that word. One is meditation. A lot of people, they'll say, oh, you just meditate. But if you don't understand about meditation in the first place, how can you really embrace it? Because I've heard that from my clients before. Well, so what, med what is it? What is it? You just sit on the floor and cross your legs and that's enough. And no, it's not. It's more than that. And one of my favorite forms of meditation is cleaning. What? What are you talking about, lady? Oh, I feel that one. 
Same here. <laughs> yeah, but cleaning is because you get a chance, all the different parts of your body, your, your mind, body, heart, spirit, to be in this function. So your mind is in the background running something. Okay, what about this? Bah, 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 bah. That's a very analytical. Bah, 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 bah. And your heart is, wow, but that hurt me. But, but you're getting, you're doing something. You're being physical, the body. You're being physical. And at the end of this cleaning process, usually for me, I can only speak for myself. And when I'm done with cleaning, say, a room, and I'll go from top to bottom when I really want to work a problem out. And at the end of it, I look at the room. It's clean. It feels good. I was like, okay, wow. I accomplished something. I gave myself a little pat on the back because we have to love ourselves too. So I give myself a pat on the back. And at the end of it, nine times out of 10, the problem has worked its way out. I found a solution. I understand it more so that I can discover a solution. So meditation is a good way to start, but I believe that people should find their own form of meditation, like mine is cleaning or somebody else could be cooking. When you stressed out, you automatically get pulled towards something, usually do. Some people just wanna sit and watch an old movie and just go into that realm. That's okay too. But you're, the person that you're meant to be, the person that you came here in this reality with, that person knows you inside and out and will tap you on the shoulder and go, hey, so you'll find yourself cooking. You'll find yourself painting. You'll find yourself writing. And all of those are forms of meditation as well and helps us work through what's happening, works through it. But a lot of times, oh, so whatever, it, when it speaks to you, don't fight it. Forget about what everybody else says. They're always got to say something, don't they? They're always saying something. Forget about that. Oh, you're not, guess what? We're all born creative. That's part of one of the senses we're all born with. It just comes out in different ways. Some people do those, the, I love finder words too. You can do a finder word and it just takes you away. It's just something that's gonna give you a moment to relax. And then through that, just that time of just peace, that's meditation too. That is meditation, calming the spirit, calming the heart, calming everything down and put everybody in one, in alignment. That's really what meditation is. And when you do that, creativity will come from that. Oh, that's beautiful. So tell me, what is your favorite medium to work in? I don't have one. <laughs> I thought that might be the case. <laughs> but I love to ask. Yeah, I, I love to bounce around. And I had a friend of mine a few years ago. And she was like, why do you do so many different things? I said, because if I see it, that means I'm supposed to. And that's really what it is. So I love, obviously, because I wanted to do the fashion illustrations and stuff. I always loved clothes. So I love designing clothes. It's so much fun, especially for Vegas performers, because you can think so out of the box and just get wild and crazy with it. I love that. So much fun. So I love to design clothes and then I go into that thing. Then when I, when the, and there's spirit paintings, another hint. And so when my spirits talk to me and I say, hey, paint me, then I'm doing that. When I, I since I was a little girl, I'd walk in rooms and they would change in front of me, just like that. And I would, it would change the colors, the furniture. It would just change in front of me. It still happens. And so I love doing that. So everything, if it speaks to you, 
I love to perform. I love stepping in that other person's skin and telling their story. Oh, that's so much fun too. And when I, when I hear a story, I hear a play, I write it. When the universe speaks to you, oh, that's another thing with creativity. A lot of people, the universe speaks to them all the time. Oh, no, I can't. Oh, 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 I can't. Yes, you can. It's speaking to you because you're meant to have that, that, that creative spirit. You're supposed to have that. It came to you for a reason. And you know what happens when you push it away? When you constantly push it away, it finds someone else. It's okay. Obviously, they're not ready. And it goes to someone else. And you're like, oh, I had that idea. Yeah, but did you do something with it? Did you accept it? The universe gave you a gift and you were too busy in your own skin to just embrace it. So I hope I answered the question. I went off and think, did I answer it? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get all passionate with it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Love it. But, Speaking but my language. Oh, God, there's so many things to do. There's so many things to do. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And it's so healing. It's so healing. And when you really embrace it, you're living your truth. Oh my gosh. You're living your truth. And when I know that there's people that we know and we can see it in their eyes and they're not living their truth. And oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. you can, and you just want to say, hey, it's going to be all just let, let it go. Let it go. You're going to be all right. But no. Because other people tell them, no, you can't. Yeah. Fear is a hell of a drug, right? It is. And it's promoted because it is so successful. Absolutely. It's promoted around us all the time. And it's just, and I'm not saying that I'm like, you know, oh, it doesn't affect me. Yes, it does. And then those are the times I go, listen, all right. So what? And usually the universe will say, well, how about making this? How about that idea? What about, and I go, you know what? Yeah. And what a time I dive into it. I do my sketch and I'm doing it. I'm back on track again. So creativity is really, in my mind, is really the core, the integral part of keeping us whole and on track to what we're supposed to be doing. Because when you, when you embrace that creative element, you remember your purpose here as well. You remember it. Maybe not mm -hmm. in total. Maybe not. Maybe it just comes in pieces. But the more you walk down that journey, more you walk down that road, more and more of your purpose comes back to you. And then you can say, okay, I, and, but it's up to you to embrace it. You can remember it and then, oh, my good. Then the fear comes back and you have to push that. I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a purpose. I'm not just here to take up space. Embrace. Yeah, I think we have like, you look at like the work of like Dolores Cannon. She talks about yes. we're all here to essentially learn to manipulate energy. And I think mm. the missing link to that really is, it, it really is all about creativity, right? Because even yes. something like, because people also talk about, oh, we're here to experience emotions and experience love. Like aside, we come from unconditional love, but we're here to experience every other kind of love. And yeah. to me, like love itself is a creative act. When you see that in like actually making children or something like that, but even at the baseline, right? Like creating love, falling in love with someone, sharing that love with them, that is a benevolent creative act. And that's something that you can also do 
through art, right? Whether it's music or painting or whatever your medium may be. And that there's the old Benjamin Disraeli quote about most people die with the music left inside them. And most Mm. people die with their creativity left inside them because society say, bottle this up and go be productive and go make some widgets and go live your life in this way when Mm -hmm. really it's like we're just immortal souls here to learn how to express all of this love and this energy and have a really robust experience because this is just like a training center in the existential universal sense and so actually being able to tap into your own creativity to be like okay hey what can you bring in every person i think there's just from you're talking about from childhood your experience in childhood, like usually that gets stamped out, right? Like kids are like, I want to be a painter when I grow up. I want to be a musician when I grow up. And then just, no, you have to be an accountant. Nothing against (laughs) accountants, but it's just, just, no, you need to do the exact opposite of that. You need to do something where you just go and work for someone for 40 years. And there's so much more out there. And I think, you know, I think with platforms like TikTok, you're seeing mass decentralization of creativity and access to people and you're seeing how you're seeing like the human race like our species as a collective organism exercising that creativity and i think that's why i love tiktok so much because it is you can see anyone from anywhere in the world being creative and sharing themselves and i think that's why it's also the most authentic social media experience i've ever had because it's rooted in authenticity because it's rooted in creativity it's not hey we need an airbrushed photograph of me looking sexy on the beach it's no (laughs) Here, I'm going to share like this crazy new song I have because I was abused growing up or I just took some mushrooms and now this came to mind and I just saw some fractals and started relating to the universe on a deeper level. So I think the more that we can have people really tap into their creativity and express it in some way in the world, this entire planet would be a much better place to live. Yeah, but you're right. You're absolutely right. The part that you said that that really resonated with me the most was with the musician might pass away, but the music lives on and or something like that. And I love that. That's really what it is because music, as well as all creative forms, but something that you can hear or see or even taste, it, it stays with you and it has an emotional response. It always gives a re- re- emotional response from the person that is hearing or seeing it constantly because there's energy from the music there's an energy from artwork that when you see it it transports you so that and just that alone just that should t- let people know that this isn't it so many people think that this is it this is the reality mm. and it's over and i was like if that's the case then how could this medium take you someplace either mm. put you take you back in time to a time that's a happier moment, a sadder moment, it transports you or it gives you so, it it ignites your creativity, ignites everything inside of you. Billy Cobham, Dan, my husband, wonderful husband, Dan Shender, yes. So we had went to one of his concerts a few years ago because Dan was working with him. And I remember him doing a set, it was a jazz set. I sat there and I closed my eyes and all these amazing, otherworldly colors just was all around me and I opened my eyes and it was still there I went wow it was beautiful and they moved and they swayed and they just uh, it was it, it was like an underwater ballet it was the most beautiful experience 
And I went, wow. And at the end of the concert, when we went backstage, and I, he said, how did you like it? I said, oh my goodness, that was absolutely amazing. And I shared with him my physical and spiritual experience. And he looked at me and he said, that's exactly why I wrote it. Wow. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how many other people in the audience, I hope other people saw that, but he wrote those colors into the music. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, it's always like fascinating to me just like to come upon or discover a new artist that you connect with so deeply. It's like they're inside your head. And to me, that just reinforces there is no other, right? Like we are all one immortal energy source. We all come from a unified field of consciousness. And so you you come upon things that are so familiar because it's just on one level, even though we're having an individuated human experience and even though we have individuated souls, there is still that collective unified field of consciousness from which you know all creativity and thought emerges that when you're able to start like tapping into that and i think music and creativity are something that, that does that extremely well and i think music is really probably the fundamental force of it because it just even if you're deaf like you can feel the vibration of it, which everything right. is vibration and energy anyways. And so I think that's why music is really so important to us because it does just permeate those layers, no matter what your, you know, specific physical, you know, conditions or dynamics may be. And it can just connect people from all over the world. And I, I know from witnessing both my parents and, and my own time in Africa, in countries that were the very bottom of the world economic index, some of the poorest countries in the world. And you would still find people experiencing joy, just yeah. pure, unadulterated joy that escapes most people in the richest country in the world. Mm -hmm. And yet these people have very little, if essentially next to nothing from a material perspective. And yet they have family and love music they express themselves in a variety of artistic ways that are incredibly unique given the lack of actual physical material to to make things with and it just shows you like that everything that we've constructed in this country is like it isn't the point of it and it's like being able to experience joy and and loving your life and enjoying your life that's what we're here to do we're here to get the most out of this experience and you can see that even people who have nothing that would still give you the shirt off their back that sometimes they don't even have they're tapped into that because they're still they're essentially closer to that source in my mind because they're not it's not adulterated by everything else that we've created to further distance ourselves from where we come from well do you think that that maybe it was purposeful to for take people out of that area there was a time when people didn't have a lot of stuff it wasn't the stuff. It was just them and their family and being close that way and really going down to the essentials. And then all, all you, you need this stuff and you need a credit card so you can get some more stuff. And then you can get this and this and then, and then you're full of stuff, but you don't take it with you. You don't take the stuff with you. You go come to this, this experience and what's truly important is the love, is the relationships, is the people that hopefully you affect in a positive way, that you can help them go past and go through this existence, make it a little bit easier for them, hopefully. 
but all this stuff. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I, I think it really is just systems of control from people who think this is all it is, right? Yeah. And so they want to, they think this is the end all be all and they want to control the system. And mm-hmm. so whether it's the development of organized religions and, and the gatekeeping to spirituality, right? Because you look at five to 10,000 years ago, people were like pretty tapped in, right? Like they didn't, there was nothing else. There was just like an experience of nature and a connection to the earth and experience of the universe that that's why I think so many things in like Indian culture and Hindu culture are like, that's some of the oldest stuff we still have from like close to the beginning of writing. For me, it's okay. That's, that was the most unadulterated stuff we have. And now there's been certain different dynamics put on that, that have created a sort of gatekeeping system of it. But there's certain techniques. I think of, I started doing transcendental meditation this year. And mm-hmm. within seconds, you can basically just tap into the unified field of consciousness and see where we all come from. And it's just, oh, this is just literally sitting right here. And most people have no idea. And it's just a very simple little technique. And you can be right there. And mm-hmm. you can go back to source and be energized by that and revitalized by that. And yet we just have these layers and layers, cultural conditioning and social conditioning mm-hmm. by various groups that just want to control people like we didn't used to have states we didn't used to have nations and then it was like oh some people wanted to control things more and because it's just an obsession with the here and now and i think that's why for so long like psychedelics and other things have been illegal because once you start you know once you go in through the outdoor as i like to say once you start to break away and have other experiences where you can step out of like normal modes of perception you're like oh wait a minute this is just i don't think it's a simulation but it effectively is in a way this is just a mirage right this is not who we actually are and it's just an experience that we have and the people that treat this as everything they make that a detriment to society and our evolution as spiritual beings i think yeah i agree and but it's a detriment to themselves as well they're cheating themselves Mm. out of much oh my little one of my sons when he was a little boy we i was living in vegas and i we drove through a not a great area of town and i started to stop and get some gas and uh, there was some gentleman just hanging out doing whatever and he looked at me and he was like mommy what's that about and i was like i said years ago when he was a little boy he wanted to be a fireman or a policeman or astronaut or whatever i said but he let other people's other people's thoughts of him get in the way. So what lesson is that with you? And he was like, I need to just remember who I am. I said, always, and let that person shine. And when you do, that's how you change the world. You change the world one person at a time, one person at a time, say hello or whatever you need to do. And you don't know how that's going to affect somebody down the road. They'll remember. What is that? Is that like pay it forward? Mm-hmm. It, all of those different things mean so much, but that's about just embracing who you are too, embracing your spirituality. And I don't put a name on what I believe either. I don't, there's no, far I'm concerned, there's no name for it. It's what I believe, it's what I embrace. It's my personal journey, it's me mm-hmm. and my connection with everything that's around. And I've studied so many different religions. I've studied them. And that's something I did when I was a little, from all the time I was a little girl. And I would, I want to go here. I want to go there. My mom, so cool. 
I have friends and they were a Catholic church. I said, can I go with them? She said, sure. She let me explore as from the time I was a kid and a, a wonderful woman. I miss her every day. But she got to let me just do. It. And after I looked everywhere, read everything, I came back to what I do right now. I said, and I don't, I, there's no negative towards anybody else. I said, I just think everyone has a piece. Everyone has a piece of what, whatever the truth could be. Mm. But you have to find what's the closest or the right, or whatever's right for you. You embrace what's right for you. And then it'll, it's going to be okay. But so many people get, they, they deny themselves this amazing gift that we came to this reality with. Yeah. They deny themselves and you can see it and you can feel it. And I'm like, wow. And I just, I just want to shake them. Like, What's wrong with you? <laughs> Come here. <laughs> okay. You know, the yeah. people that I'm blessed to see spirits and hear them and it's a blessing. I don't take it as a curse. When I was a kid, I did because I didn't understand why other people didn't see what I see. Mm. And if I said what I saw, then what's wrong with her? So I just kept it to myself. Now I embrace it. I know that it's a gift. Some people think it's a curse. I said, no, it's a gift that we all, ha we all have that as well, just in different degrees or in as much as you want to accept it. Let's put it that way. Some people just block it out because they don't want to see that. Doesn't bother me. I go, okay. My, uh, one of my daughters who is, <laughs> she's very gifted too, my baby girl. And she said, mommy, you're a light, a bright light in a dark room. And so that's why they come and they, they just want to hang around you. I was like, okay, well, you know what? That's a nice way of saying that. Okay, cool. They was like, hey, she can hear us. Let's go over here. Hey, how you doing? And I'm very fortunate. And my, I tell my husband all kinds of stuff and he just goes, okay, honey, some things it's okay. Some things he's like, he was like, you know what? Okay, so as my husband, Dan Schindler from Drum Talk TV, and usually a lot of times I'm the camera girl, because she's the camera chick, and we're in his studio, and I'm filming, and there's orbs. You can't see them, because I'm looking in the camera and outside as well, and you can't see them outside, but you can see them on the camera, and there's an orb just comes just bouncing around, and it does its thing. And I remember the first time I showed him, oh no, I'm sorry, the first time he showed me, because I'm looking at it going, well, here we are again. And he was re-watching the, the tape, or not tape, it's the, the broadcast. And he was like, come here. I was like, yeah. And he's look. I said, yeah, I saw it when I was there. <laughs> I saw it too. So he's very cool. He's very accepting, which I appreciate. But I get a chance to have share my life with someone that accepts me for who I am and everything that I bring to the table, which is a blessing as well. A lot of people don't get a chance to embrace that either. Mm -hmm. no, it's so powerful. And I, I think especially with children, it's to me, it's the other side of the coin. When I was talking about the oldest societies and the oldest records we have being closest to source. And then the other thing is children are the closest thing to source. And that's why yes. you have like crazy stuff come to children, thousands and thousands of children documented having significant thorough memories of past lives which i think is crazy enough on its own especially that we're the ones that like are verifiable and they go and they look up past records and they're like yeah that was a person and this and that happened and they can describe things really accurately and then i think the other thing to me that's like full proof of an objective reality of reincarnation is xenoglossy, where kids are born with the ability to speak other languages they've never yeah. been exposed to and it's okay how do you explain that <laughs> you literally cannot explain that. 
unless this is not our first our first time around and if this is all there is it makes no sense but if there's something else and we come from something else and we recurringly come back then all of that makes perfect sense to me it's just occam's razor like that all explanations being equal that is actually the simplest one even though it takes a leap of faith from science and i just think for me it's like science is like a the scientific method is a fairly young endeavor right in the grand it was not around for 99.9 percent of human history and now we have it and i think eventually science will be able to perceive a lot of these things right like we're already getting into that a bit brain scanning and other kinds of things when people are on psychedelics and just looking at we're like hey something's going on here we don't know what or the brain is more interconnected when you're on mushrooms or something like that and so Mm. we like science has like an inkling of things that i think for people that have done a lot of work in those arenas for themselves they're like, oh, yeah, this is the way it is. I'm like, this is a fundamental truth or something that it's like, okay, science needs more proof or they need to go through their methodologies. And then so then you have a bunch of people who are like, okay, we're just waiting for you to catch up. And it's, they're probably not going to catch up in our lifetimes. But eventually, one thing I think about sometimes, right, it's like people talk about astrology being total bullshit. And my like craziest sort of theory, I think, is that the fundamental baseline of astrology to me is just that it's all energy and everything affects energy. And so I think that's like a fundamental truth, but I think there's a few different dynamics, right? I think one, there's a lot of charlatans in it. There's a lot of people just making up bullshit that kind of just like with mediums or something like you can verify the work of an evidential medium, but there's a ton of charlatans, right? You can't generally verify the work of like most psychics unless they're also mediums, but it, it just gives rise to charlatanism. But I think eventually science would actually be able to prove the ways in which energy from different celestial bodies actually affects people and has different effects on them because we're constantly being bombarded with an in, with electromagnetism and we right. just our bodies have learned to live with it and thrive off of it and we just don't even think that it matters and i think the other thing too is we generally have this view that like the sun doesn't move and everything moves around it but that's really like a hundreds year old model when really like the sun is essentially like a comet just mm-hmm. swirling around on an arm of the milky way galaxy which is just swirling you know which is also moving and so there's there's so many other forces at work. And so it's if the fundamental baseline of like astrology was true, that like celestial bodies can affect your energy and something about you, then like, why would it just be localized, right? Like, why wouldn't say the black hole at the center of the universe have an effect on everything in the universe? And so I think eventually we'll get to a point where like science can actually measure different things about that that millions of years from now astrology could actually be a hard science Mm -hmm. and there's just oh hey this is gonna happen this is what this is how this works so you don't even need to worry about whether it's bs or someone's a charlatan because you can just go look up in a a textbook or go on some sort of website that could tell you exactly from a scientific perspective how things are gonna shape up i think it's pretty wild no i agree with you 250 percent. i think you're absolutely (laughs) right Yeah, but that's what it is. I don't understand. And and this is my theory of my own. This is my theory. I think they know. I think they know. I think more scientists know than don't. 
and choose for maybe financial reasons not to say. I, I think they know more than they're saying because if they actually break this, they're breaking the control mechanism. Just a theory. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's all, yeah, like I said before, it's all about control. Exactly. So it goes right back to it. Otherwise, because uh, one of my favorite things I love looking, there was, uh, I, I'm so sorry, it's the author that did this or was a young lady, I believe. Anyway, she was doing some um, studies and Renaissance paintings. And I'm sure you've, you've seen these before. And they saw like these flying saucers or objects up in the sky. And mm. they just painted it as part of the Renaissance painting. This is hundreds and yeah, this is a long time ago. And it wasn't the main part of the painting. It was just an observation in the back. Okay, there's a dog, there's a dog. So let me just, you know, paint the dog in too. It wasn't, it was something, yeah, okay, this is just happens. This is just part of, yeah, it's Sunday, blah, blah, blah. It was nothing <laughs> more. Yeah. So if that's the case, then there's so much more that's not being said. There's so much history that is history. So as a control mechanism, it's constant control. It's constant control over and over again. And it goes with everything. Mass propaganda, mass hypnosis. And that goes with a lot of stuff. When you think of just that alone, and what's the best way to hypnotize or, I don't want to think, brainwash a bunch mm -hmm. of people? What's the best way? Is everyone staring at one big screen? Mm -hmm. And either you're, either you're putting an idea or you're debunking a, a future something else that might be coming up to get people to go, oh, that can't be true because I just saw it in a movie. There's so many different things and different ways that they use science and everything with it as a control mechanism all day long. Mm -hmm. And to push down have you go oh i hear this i feel this i see this picture that i and i feel like i should paint it but oh no i can't paint if you see it maybe you can and maybe you need to just push yourself out there and embrace that creativity embrace it because the more people that embrace their creativity the more they'll be able to break this system of control it goes together it all goes together oh i couldn't agree more so, Enja, I'd love to know, what are one to three books that have greatly influenced your life? Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. I want to make sure that I pronounce his name correctly. I read his book centuries ago, and I do mean centuries. And it, gentlemen, his name was Ulu Dalap. I'm sure I am just messed the hell out of that one. And he, it was a history book. And he talked, I can't remember the exact title, but if you remember, look up Ulu Dalap, and I'll, maybe I'll text you the, the correct spelling too. But it was a history book and he was talking about how there was African civilizations that came to the Americas hundreds and hundreds of years ago. That was the beginning of my study in history. And I was pulled to that book and I was like 15, 16, it's a long time ago. But I was, I don't know why. I just went into this book and it was a bookstore in Harlem and it was called The Tree of Life. And something told me to walk in there. I did. And I saw the book and I knew I was supposed to have it. So that's one. Another book that I'm currently reading right now, which I think is amazing. And is the author's name is Dane Calloway, More History. And it's about uh, tracing your genealogy th through oral history, opposed to the 23andMe's and all that stuff. 
And I'm not, no pros or cons against people that choose to do that. I'm just saying that's his approach and I find it fascinating. I'll see, what's the next one? It was one, two. Oh, and this one, and cause it's, it's a way for people to create, to embrace their creativity. And it's, where's my book? It's like right in front of me, I gotta find it. It's drawing on the right side of your brain. I believe that's the name of it. And that is amazing too, cause it helps people embrace their creativity when they feel that they can't, oh, I'm not creative. And this is, is actually different practices that you can implement to help people embrace that. So those are the three. And so how has a failure or an apparent failure set you up for later success? And do you have a favorite failure? <laughs> I guess with that wicked laugh, I guess I do. Okay, let's see. My favorite failure was losing myself to find myself that five years. If mm. that didn't happen, oh my goodness, there's so much I wouldn't know. There's so many avenues I would have never walked down because I was still blinded. I still raced most of my history. So I had no idea who I really was. Mm. So my greatest failure was losing myself for five years to gain the true person that I am. And I'm so grateful for it. It was painful as hell, but my, <laughs> I wouldn't trade it for the world now. I wouldn't trade it for the world. And failure, hmm. I think failure is just, oh, it's a learning process. You, if you do everything right out of the bat, what did you learn? Mm -hmm. Babies learn when they bumped ahead. Oops, oh, that hurt, I'm not gonna do that again. You have to fail to learn. You have, it, it's just part of the learning growing process. So don't be afraid to fail. It's okay. M my, my greatest, I, okay, I'm going to let everybody in on the secret. My greatest paintings and murals and stuff. I wanted to do, I wanted to zig and it went zag. And I went, oh my goodness, what the? And by solving that issue, I learned so much more. I went, wow, oh, I can do this? That's amazing. And it took me in a whole different direction. So embrace your failures. Embrace them. It's just a mm -hmm. learning tool. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, Angela, this has been such a fascinating and entertaining conversation, but that brings me to my final question of the day. And that is, what is the kindest thing anyone has ever done for you? I started tearing up. <laughs> so did my last <laughs> guest. So you're in good company. Uh, it's a good question. The kindest thing that anyone has ever done for me, with me, would be my husband. But he's the first man that accepted me for who I am, just all of me, for exactly who I am. Embraced it, loves me, and encourages me. He is truly an amazing man. So that's, that's the kindest thing, the kindest. And I'm so appreciative. Uh, he is an amazing man, I totally agree. He is, he is. He's wacky too, which keeps it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Love a good wacky guy, right? Got to. Listen, that's part of If a man can make you laugh. Oh, yeah. That's fun times. It's all good. Mm. And we giggle all the time, which is nice. Angela, thank you so much again for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to speak with you. You too. I've been looking forward to this. And thank you so much for the invitation. I really enjoyed it. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah. Today's episode was brought to you by Prosperitas, making unforgettable videos for unforgettable companies.
Visit prosperitasagency.com today to learn more. Thank you so much to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us so that others can find it as well. And follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the LUE Podcast or visit our website at theluepodcast.com. And if you'd like to support this show even further, I'd love to invite you to become a patron of the show. For as little as $5 per month, you can help us continue to produce high-quality shows with amazing guests like you heard today. To become a patron, please visit patreon.com slash the LUE podcast. We look forward to having you tune in next time for the next episode of Law, the Universe, and Everything. I'm Pacifico Soldati, wishing you peace, love, and awesomeness. Awesomeness.